Elementary, my dear Watson. It's the Geek Confidential Podcast. Akles is back from Texas. Hey, hey. Now, I know it's not geek, but how excited are you about Dallas's football game today? Go Cowboys. Okay. Oh, my God. No, All no. the way. Yes. I'm three, <laughs> hey, I've got you three times your age, and I'm a Packers fan, so you're an crush, crush the Packers. Uh, Dan <laughs> Pierce, welcome. Hey, I'm for anyone crushing the Packers. I'm a Bears fan. Okay. I'm a bitter, oh bitter Bears fan. My yes. son's a Bears fan. You guys suck. <laughs> yes, we did. You see? See those Packers fans? See that class? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say here from Texas. Go Cowboys. <laughs> well, now that we've had this sports aside on the Geek Confidential podcast, let's talk a little about a re- recent geek. Um, one of the th- movies that I haven't had a chance yet to watch, but I've heard is really good, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it, because I know Mel and Craig have seen it, was Hidden Figures. Mel, what what did you think of it? I thought it was fantastic. For anybody that doesn't know, it tells the story of um the of John Glenn trying to get, you know, um up to the moon, basically into orbit and it tells the story of how he got there and it it focuses on these human computers is what they used to call them. And it's basically these math geniuses. And it was a group of um, black women. And it particularly focuses on one. Her name is Katherine Johnson. And she's the reason that John Glenn was able to get into space and get back home. And it was a story that they didn't tell you about. So, um, and it also focuses her friends, Dorothy and Mary, and their struggles as well. And it was really just well done. I thought Taraji P. Henson was in it. Octavia Spencer and Janelle Monet, who actually really shocked me because I think Janelle Monet is a better actress than she is a singer. Quote me on that. I don't care. Um, but it was it was just a, a well-told story. It has a lot of geek in it because it's a lot of math, a lot of space stuff, um, lots of focus on things like that. And I really like space. I always have. So I thought it was a really great story. And Taraji knocked it out of the park. So for anybody that likes anything like that, please, please go see it. The character that she played, Katherine Johnson, was the character that we saw recently on the season of Timeless, which I thought was interesting. It was like, okay, we have we have Timeless going back in time and running into her, and now we have the big screen film. I'm like, I need to see this film just to see the different takes. Craig, what did you think of the film? Well, it's it's really interesting because I lived during that time period, and I watched this. My, my grandmother made sure we got a phone call and we watched every single every single space flight from the very beginning until way, way, way past Apollo, uh, the first Apollo shot. So we watched Apollo go, Apollo 13 actually leave the launch pad. So we watched everything. So this, this movie meant a lot to me. Uh, I, would all, I would point anyone to the right, the right stuff because it's the greatest ever about this, this whole story. But this is really close. I mean, this is really a good film. It's got a great cast, as, as uh, we've already mentioned, Mel already mentioned. It's got Taraji P. Henson, of course, Octavia Spencer, but it's also got Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, who is so good that it doesn't seem like Kirsten Dunst at all. And wait, wait, Jim she Hart- was actually good in a movie? Yeah. Ooh, I she was- oh, listen. There are a lot of things that you could say about her, but her movie. What? Mo- her- you, you didn't like her portrayal of Mary Jane? Uh, no, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not I did not watch. And I did not watch her on Bring It In. Bring I did not watch Bring It On for her either. I am not a fan of Kirsten Dunst at all, but uh, I thought she was excellent. This film, she she was edgy. She was she was at that edge of being really anti having these these uh, wonderful black women in the program. But you could see as the as the movie progressed. She was moving slowly and slowly and realizing the incredible unfairness of, of what, what they were doing to these black women. I mean, and pardon me for saying this, but there were, there were still signs up in Virginia. This had already changed in my state by 1955 or 56. Most of this had already changed. There was a little bit of it. 
Uh, the schools were segregated by, in the 50s, et cetera, et cetera. They weren't segregated in Virginia yet, and there were signs on the coffee pot, on the bathroom, colored colored ladies' room, co- and they actually set up, and this is a, a and very And this is in the film? This yeah, is in the okay. film. In the very, there's a very poignant, poignant scene where, uh, where Taraji Henson, Catherine Johnson, goes to get coffee out of the main pot. She gets coffee. She goes back to her desk, and she feels all these eyes on her, like, "Oh my God!" Again, it's Virginia. It's still, you know, part of the South. Uh, and the next day, she comes back, and there's a special coffee pot for her, labeled "colored." I, I mean, and it is true. Back in the day, that's what people called people of color. Uh, blacks, they called them that. I mean, I remember doing that when I was a kid. I didn't know any better. I was a kid. But uh, so, and it was a sad time. And, of course, it was heartbreaking. That moment was heartbreaking for me. It brought back all those old memories of the unfairness of the of my friends having to stay outside, my black friends staying outside while my white friends could come in and play. So it, it, there are a lot of that going on that really broke my heart back then. Because you know, I didn't, I didn't understand it because I, I was who I was just a kid. But I also knew there's something wrong here. There's something really wrong here. And during this film, that's all I could sense. There's something really wrong here. These people are saving the space program, particularly Katherine Johnson, saved the space flight. And John Glenn, I love the scene where John Glenn goes over and and greets all the the black women who are part of the program and and just nice as could be. And, of course, my understanding is that's the man he was. Mm -hmm. They established early on that John Glenn didn't care. He was very, okay, hey, what's up? Cool. Yeah, exactly. Black, white, doesn't make any difference. uh, You know, I'm, you know, exactly, exactly right. So at the end of the film, near the end of the film, he says, have the, have the smart have the smart girl check it out. It struck me as smart girl, but have the smart girl check it out. And sure enough, she did. And he said, okay, I'm fine with it. And so they went with the figures. But um, it, it was a different time. It was a different situation. But much of the movie, for me at least, I don't know about, I don't know about for you, Mel, but it was heartbreaking because that was really happening. And the women were not getting the recognition, but they fought for it. And they did it the right way. They they just demand they demanded it in a way by showing how smart they were, how capable they were, and and not backing down when they didn't need to back down. Okay, and what so score would you give it? I'd easily give it a, a a good solid four. Okay, Mel, what would you rate it out of five? Agreed, uh, a good four. Yeah. Okay, there's some really like great scenes in there. There's another one I like um, when. Catherine Johnson, who is Taraji's character, she has to run a half a mile every day just to go to the restroom because there were no, you know, restrooms for people of color there in that building. And she had to do it every day. And there's one scene where she runs and she has to go through the rain and come back. And Kevin Costner's character confronts her and Taraji just takes this scene and she she blows it out of the park. Like, whew, it's a lot. But it's a fantastic movie I think everybody needs to see. Okay. Would you you call it heartbreaking as well, Mel, much of the movie? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's heartbreaking. You know, the way the way that it was, especially, you know, it, the difference between now and then is that then it back then it was more blatant. You know what I mean? So. And and people were blind to it. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Kevin Costner character, he, if he'd realized it was that unfair, he would have done something earlier. But in the film, he all of a sudden he wakes up and sees this is going on. Yeah. You know, it's it's terrible. Dan, uh, the topic that you were wanting to discuss that you mentioned specifically before the podcast was uh, was the series Powerless on <laughs> NBC, the trailers, uh, which yes. features Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Pudi, Alan Tudyk, and Atlin Mitchell. Yes. Why are you excited about this series? Or are I'm... you? Or is Or did you just bring it up because you think it's stupid looking? I I'm more intrigued by by it than anything else just out of the fact that like let's see how long this show lasts. How how long do you think they can last with you know, oh, something fell from the sky because there's a uh, superhero battle going on or something or some villains doing something. How long like what kind of creative directions can you take these stories to the point where it can sustain multiple seasons of the show? I mean, DC 
has been doing really well television wise for the most part. They've had some the CW and Fox. NBC has not been so successful because what Constantine didn't do. Yeah, well. Constantine. Yeah. Um, to be completely fair, I don't. I don't necessarily fully believe that NBC gave Constantine its best shot. Um, it seemed misplaced on the network. Just throwing that one out there. Well, it, it fit with Grimm, but I tried watching it, and it, the first episode, it was like, no. But then when he came over to Arrow, I liked him in Arrow. I would actually like to have to see that character more on Legends of Tomorrow so we don't have to see Rip Hunter. That would be fantastic. Him in the Rip Hunter well, role would be really good. Well, Rip Hunter hype—that's yeah, that's ridiculous. But lucky for everyone <laughs> who who enjoyed Constantine, CW Seed is bringing it back as an animated series. Uh, I I'm not sure. I, I want to say it's 2017, um, but I'm pretty excited about that. Plus, they're bringing the same actor, uh, Matt Ryan, doing uh, John Constantine, and. On top of that, he's also voicing John Constantine in Justice League Dark. So there's going to be enough Constantine love all around. And they always float the rumors that he's going to be on Legends or Arrow or one one of those shows, which is fine. Um, but in terms of Powerless, I, I just I, – I find this idea fascinating because it's like – the NBC comedy department that's like mostly based out of like, you know, comedy nerds with this long history of like uh, 30 Rock and Parks and Recreation and community and creating entities like CISO where you can stream comedy like for a fee a month. Um, they decided to team up with DC, who's doing fairly well on television. And now they're making a comedy about the after effects of super. Like, it's just a wild idea. See, and I guess my thing is NBC comedies for me, the golden age of NBC comedies that basically sort of ended with like the will and grace period. The ones that came after them, like the office 30 rock uh, parks and recreation, while they were critically acclaimed, they always seemed so niche. They didn't get, I guess The Office did to some extent, but they didn't get the huge audiences that the Will and Graces, the Frasers, the Cheers, the Friends, all of those had. I can yeah. see this, like, from the trailer, it fits the NBC comedy mold that we've had over the past decade. Yes. I just don't see how the audience that's the high-end audience that sustained The Office and 30 Rock would ever tune in for anything supernatural related or superhero oh, related. Pardon You me. have to remember though, you don't need as big audiences anymore because there's so much more out there. I understand so. that. But what I'm saying is NBC created that niche with the really high end, high dollar viewer oh, who yeah. had clever comedy. Most of those people are not going to be like, Oh, I want to watch something about Batman's cousin. You know, I mean, the, oh, yeah. it, it just doesn't seem like it would make sense to me. Craig, last week uh, we had Dwayne and Casey on and we discussed Sherlock yep. and the, the season premiere. Since then, because we record on Sundays, so we're always like a week behind on Sherlock since it airs on Sundays. Uh, we had the second episode and I was, well, it was flawlessly executed, but I was disappointed in it. And the reason why I was disappointed in it is because I felt like. Once again, Watson is being manipulated by Mary and Sherlock. And the entire episode, after he loses his wife, is now focused on Sherlock as opposed to his own grief. And the well, the, man, the manipulation was inspired by Mary says, oh, yeah, you're going to have to do I mean, you're going to have to save him. And then so he comes up with a plot where he puts himself in the line of fire for a serial killer and to try and save Watson. To me, I was just disappointed with the premise. I'm tired of what of Sherlock being self-centered and Watson being the dupe. And I can get it. For, I can be OK with it most of the time. But in an episode, the first episode after Mary's death, it just was really hollow for me. What did you think of the second episode? Well, I'm. I'm not as big a fan of Sherlock as you are. I'm a fan of the old Sherlock that I've seen a hundred times. 
Um, but this sure like this doesn't, I don't know. I don't get a, a feel for him. I'm not engaged with his character. Watson, on the other hand, I am. I am. I'm not going to totally agree with you on this because uh, Watson. Oh, I I am like a party of one, though I did find one person, I think, on Facebook who agreed with me. Well, but other than the other than the two of us on an island, everybody else thought it was a fantastic episode. I kind of agree with everybody else. Not to, not maybe. To Welcome the whole to my life. But, but, yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. I I have these friends that are like complete anti stereotype. They're like completely different than every other human on the face of the earth, which is you, Luke. Thank you very much. Um, mm -hmm. But the the purpose of that, of course, is the fact that that. Uh, um, Watson is the stereotypical rescuer. I mean, he is happiest when he's rescuing other people. And so that's just kind of him. He's he's that. But don't you think, I guess, but don't you think that after the season where Sherlock faced his death and lied and manipulated Watson, and then we have the season where Watson and Mary are getting married, where it's all about her secrets and her manipulation, that we now get to this season. The season premiere is about how Mary has someone come back from her past, how she thinks she's going to try and protect Watson, and then she ends up dying to sacrifice herself for Sherlock, and then she gets he gets this video, and it's like, you need to save him, but she's basically telling Sherlock that in order to save her husband, she needs they need to manipulate him. And I'm like, can't this guy just have someone who doesn't want to manipulate him? Haven't you ever heard of an intervention? That's all an intervention is—a manipulation. I mean, this—he's—he's he's mourning the death of his wife. Yeah, there's you don't get an intervention for grief like that. Yes, you I mean, do. like one episode at well, okay, if it took <laughs> a really long time, but not like the first episode after her murder. You give him a challenge so he can have something else to think about besides the murder of his wife. There are people immediately after the horrible death from cancer of their spouse, they they must go back to work because they don't want to think about that horrible circumstance. So even though I don't totally disagree with you, yeah, you give them something else to think about. You give them a puzzle. You give them a challenge. You give them something. So their mind isn't every single moment focused on the most horrible thing that ever happened to them. You give them something else to think about. Otherwise, it continues to go back there and you can sink into a horrible, debilitating grief that you can't, in, in which you cannot move. I mean, I don't know how many movies and TV shows we've seen where somebody ends up in their bedroom piled in bottles of, of rum or tequila or whiskey, and they can't even move. Well, while, um, Sherlock is smart, and he knows that the last thing he wants to do is, is for Watson to be huddled in a tiny mass in the corner of a a... a empty room with pizza boxes stacked all around him so if that's not graphic enough I'll, I'll try harder but um so yeah that's probably the way sherlock would think and that's and mary's obviously a clever manipulator and probably has been manipulating people all of her life probably that's the way she thinks too is you manipulate people to get out of their own mess dan uh entertainment weekly had the first like group photos from the defenders were they not awesome or what? They were pretty great. They were pretty great. I had a few questions like are, some some of the shots looked a little photoshopped per se, but like it's comic books. It's going to be stylized. Every single promo image we've ever seen from the CW shows has been photoshopped. Oh no, no. I I agree completely. It it a, a couple of them looked like they were superimposed into the background from that perspective. I wasn't talking about anyone's physical appearance or anything like that. I, it just looked like they dropped them into the background in some of the shots. But then I looked at some of the video behind it. Turns out that wasn't the case. So that 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 was part of the the questions I had. But I am super excited for this show. This is going to be amazing. Some of the shots I've seen of uh, Sigourney Weaver's character look fantastic. I'm really looking forward to getting to know Danny Rand in The Iron Fist. Uh, I want to see... Cannot wait. I want to see how Claire Temple fits into his storyline. Because that's kind of half the battle with these Netflix Marvel shows. Is how are they going to incorporate Claire in every facet of every show? 
I would think that with four of the, uh, with four of these people causing ha- causing havoc in New York City, there'd be plenty of people to patch up. Right, though? You would <laughs> think so. But at the same time, it's like she just had this whole, like, love interest basic story with uh, Luke, which was fantastic. But now Luke's off to prison, so now she's got to do something. I guess it's just... He's not going to be in prison for long. I, I'm not saying he's going to be in prison for long. I'm just saying that's where we left okay. him, was a, in a car heading to Atlanta to to go to prison. I'm pumped. Okay. Mel, how, who do you want to see punch first? Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, or Luke Cage? I don't know. I'm a little partial to Luke Cage myself. So, oh, yes. That's right. Know, I, I forgot. Just, yeah, G. <laughs> I love that man. So... Uh, <laughs> always looking forward to see him but i'm looking forward to see everybody together you know in one show because you know they kind of talk about each other and they all interact in their own ways but seeing everybody together in one show um yes please sign me up let me know when it comes on tv i have the dvr set and from the stills that we saw the other day it looks like it's gonna be great so i'm excited Craig, how how pumped are you well there's you know uh, you were talking about the pictures and i was looking through these again and I just, I've never seen the use of steam so much in any, in any set of ads. There's steam in almost every outdoor shot. But yeah, um, I love Daredevil. I truly love Daredevil. Luke, uh, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, awesome. Um, Iron Fist, I think that I think that's going to be a pleasant addition. I just got my Entertainment Weekly, the bone that they're showing on, on. Um, online the cover yep the cover online i just got it today i haven't read through it i am i am tepidly excited i am wanting this to be awesome i'm wanting it to be uh binge binge watching fodder i'm so scared that it's not going to be so okay i mean cautiously optimistic is an understatement i am extremely cautiously excited i mean i loved comic books i've loved them ever since i was a kid can't wait to see how this turns out but I am so scared that I'm going to be disappointed. I really am. So, uh, hey, Craig, we, the Dominators are going to attack them. It's going to be great. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you just say Dominatrixes? Is that what you said? No, Did Dominators. You? Oh, Dominators. Oh, okay, that's different. Okay, I would have been more excited. <laughs> well, Craig. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm not going to even touch that on that. Uh, <laughs> Nope, not doing but it. Speaking speaking of disappointments, <laughs> Craig, you uh, convinced me to give a Marvel's Agent of Shield a second chance, and when they cast uh, Gabriel Luna as Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, oh. I tuned back in, and I really enjoyed his arc on the show, and I watched it all because of him. Now, granted, I fast forwarded through most everything that wasn't him and Daisy, but I still watched the episode. <laughs> Luke, you because, didn't watch nothing. You watched them. That's what you watched. I, I, that, exactly. <laughs> Luke, but they were, they were in, en- they were in enough. Episode. They were in enough. They were in enough scenes where they. I got the. I got the thrust of the story. Shall we say? Oh Lord, did you say that? Um, the thrust of the story. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> now Marvel. Thrusting. Where is this podcast going today? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's right it is oh my god luke oh my god it's not the sabbath i was raised with so it doesn't count for me well, that's true uh, saturday was your sabbath i got gotcha. you so marvel's agents of shield is back but ghost rider is not at least in the first episode back i was disappointed craig what are your thoughts on the season and its return episode well you know when the, when it comes to superheroes particularly in this day and age everyone can come back I mean, uh, unfortunately, real life isn't like that. But in superhero, he'll be back. He's got to be. It's, there's got to be a demand for it because Ghost Rider was so good. But I actually liked. I've liked the last couple episodes of of uh, of uh, Marvel Agents of Shield. I think it's it's come together. It's it's edgier than it. Was. It only took how many seasons? What? It only took how many seasons? Uh, it took a while, yes, but. But Marvel's got enough money. This could take 20 years and they'd still be going on cause, and, and be willing to stick with it. So it's, take, it's taken some seasons. But, yes, um, I love that. I, I do love the Android t- touch. You, I assume you didn't like that much, but I like that idea 
of having this kind of out of control android who's kind of screwing with everybody. Kind of like that. <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully Ghost Rider will be back to help defeat her. But uh, that I like. It has grown on me and gotten better and better. And it leaped high, leaped when Ghost Rider got on there. Really liked the Ghost Rider episodes. And now it's back to where, you know, still above where it, where it was, but it just keeps kind of climbing, climbing, climbing. The only thing I would love to see is every once in a while, like with Sif, when Sif came on that one episode, I'd like to see them spend a little extra money, a little extra hype, and bring back some of the superheroes, some of the Avengers, or whomever. It's a guest shot for Spider-Man before that movie comes out, perhaps. Dan, this last week I had a who's on first conversation with Craig about Lemony Snicket. <laughs> I, I, we were on the phone. I'm like, uh, make sure that you watch Lemony Snickets because I want to discuss it on the podcast. Like five seconds later, he goes, you know, there's a show on Netflix. It's like Lemony Snickets, Unfortunate Events. We need it. We might want to discuss that on a podcast. And I was like, I just told you that we, you need to watch this. Now, you did have a chance to watch. What did you think of the premiere, Dan? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I read the books as a kid, and I saw the movie um, back in, I think it was 07 or 08, starring Jim Carrey. I thought it was pretty good. You know, it it gave a different feeling. It allowed for a whole narration. Lemony Snicket became a character, which was a big difference from the movie, but it felt truer to the books. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is a great casting and is doing, oh, he's fantastic. Oh, he is. Is, he's terrific. is doing a great job. Um, that being said, after the first episode, I still lean toward Jim Carrey, but that could still change. And it's not like he's doing like a bad job. It's just like a different, a different feeling. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the casting of the kids, Violet, Klaus, Sonny. Everyone's looking great. Um, I Like, Joan Cusack as the neighbor is fantastic. And she's amazing. She's one of those actresses who I don't necessarily watch for her, but anything she is in, she just makes infinitely better. Right. Oh my In, gosh! Infinitely better, you're saying? Yes, infinitely. infinitely. That mm. that was great casting. Um, you know, the surprise at the end with the the parents and Will Arnett, and I'm just like, holy cow! Where did this come See, from? Uh, this is gonna make a nod to DC for a moment, but I was watching that entire episode and I'm like, there's no bodies. The parents aren't dead. <laughs> That was my whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah, everything went up in flames. But the parents, there's no bodies. It ends with them being, like, handcuffed in this truck going down some forest road. And I'm like, yep, I knew it. Now, Mel, I had really hoped that you would watch this one because a few years back, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were a fan of Pushing Daisies, right? Oh, wow. That, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I did like that show. But I know that we discussed it on some podcasts, and both you and I were uh, very much fans of that. And as I was watching it, to, for me, the stylized how this was done, most it's almost all with green screens, but they've stylized it. And it reminded me of Pushing Daisies, and it's like, I wonder if Mel's watching this, because I know how much she loved Pushing Daisies. So I was very sad to find out that you hadn't. Craig, what did you think? Of uh, a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. I've actually the pilot. I've actually binge watched it, and I can t I can the whole thing. Yeah, I've watched all eight episodes. Yep, every every episode. I'm done, and I'm so loving it. What do you think? And I can give you I can give you one name that will probably get Mel to watch this relatively soon, and that's Alfre Woodard. Oh, see what you see. Craig's playing dirty right here. I am indeed. <laughs> <laughs> She plays the Aunt Josephine character, and she is wonderful. She is terrific. She's amazing. He knows how to get her to watch. Yes, I do. This so the casting in this show is impeccable. I mean, you get down here a little bit further with Catherine O'Hara, for example, whom I love from Beetlejuice. She was, she's a Doctor Georgina Orwell from this. I've never read the books. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised because I've read ne nearly everything in the world. But um, uh, Patrick Warburton is the Lemony Snicket character, and he's the narrator through the 
through this series, which explains so much to me. Neil Patrick Harris is, I know for a character that's extreme, he is actually minimalist. I think Jim Carrey was too much. He th- yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Jim Carrey in the movie. Too much. He went too far. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris plays this as an ex- this extreme character, kind of minimalist. And so at times you kind of almost can relate to him, almost. He's so evil and so bad, but still, it, Neil Patrick Harris plays it so well that you, you want to hate him, and I do hate him with a passion, but he's still really interesting. It's not like... I can't stand him so much. I don't even want to watch the movie. That's what happened to me with the movie. Will Arnett and Kobe uh, Smulders is part of a, an interesting reveal. I'm not going to say anything more about that. No spoilers here. But Will Arnett is, I think, terrific in it. I, Kobe Smulders, I like her. I, I didn't. Her character didn't stand out. But Will Arnett kind of does. Um, let's see who. Uh, but the acting is incredible. It's so stylized. The, the special effects are in, incredible. I mean, I can think there are a lot of little Easter egg kinds of things. I felt a, a sense of the uh, Princess Bride in it and, and um, a little bit of that. Um, there, there are characters in there. That, uh, Don Johnson's in it, which I'm not a big Don, John, Don Johnson fan, but he does a pretty good job as the owner of Lucky Smells, which is a lumber yard. But, you know, this thing is so well constructed, so well put together. It's like it's like an eight-hour-long movie. I mean, it is really so, put together. With a, I have a question. Yes. And maybe this is me, considering people were calling me out for giving you a hard time about Gotham. Yeah. But I have a question because in the in the year end podcast, you said that no show with eight episodes could qualify as a normal series for anything as an award. Oh, so this only has eight episodes. So come at the end of the year, are you going to include anything from this on your list? They get another eight episodes in. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, honestly, well, God. he's on the record. January, if Levity Snicket shows up anywhere, we'll see. Yep, exactly, exactly. I mean, I. Honest to God, 16 episodes, I'll be willing to give this um, of the year anything. Yeah, it's it's really that good. It really is. I'm fascinated. That includes well, ties, have... though. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I asked on Twitter if anybody had watched it. We had a listener, curious, Curiously Avery, who replied, I just finished season one yesterday. It's great. So you are not the only person who marathoned or binged, as some people like to say, or most people like to say, yep. the season. So fun, fun. Now, Dan, I know you're excited because you and I got into a debate about this on Twitter <laughs> And this is going to be something that we're never going to agree on. Nope. But you are way too excited about Rip Hunter, the worst thing about Legends of Tomorrow. Or best. Returning. <laughs> I, I I got two bits of good news uh, this weekend from Le- or this week from Legends of Tomorrow. Number one, Rip Hunter is back. Yay! And he's, he's really back. And they just brainwashed him. So, like, they'll obviously have to fix everything but the way in the promo they have the team stepping up to fight for rip is just it's incredible the shots they had and like the memories that they went oh my gosh it's gonna be so cool and it's gonna be like ingratiated into the story of um them going back to 1967 and a time uh Anomaly happens where George Lucas never finishes film school, thus he never makes Star Wars and Indiana Jones, thus Ray and Nate never get inspired to their future professions, so they can't really help the team. It's it's going to be amazing. And the villains are on point. Everything's great. And then an interview came out with Entertainment Weekly and Wentworth Miller where it was finally revealed that this isn't the this isn't this is season one Flash Snart and not season one Legend Snart, which made me a little sad. But hopefully they can get him acclimated at some point and rehabilitated, and all of the things that they had to do with Mick during season one when he became um, that bounty hunter. Okay. Yeah, it it's gonna be awesome. That show is doing so many. Um, like amazingly creative things within the universe 
that you almost sort of forget that Flash and Arrow are also in the same universe because they're just going to so many different places. I'm sorry? You're really going to say that? Uh, At times, I mean, no other show is, is telling like a a powerful, important story like going to Civil War times and then the next week going to the 1920s and listening to... Timeless is. Yes. Uh, exact, well, I I'm, I was referring to Flash and Arrow. Oh, and okay. Their, okay. okay. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. I knew Luke was yeah. going to say Timeless, but yes. I, I, knew, I, knew I plan on starting Timeless soon. I, I really good. You should. It's really good. It comes good. back on Monday, and I'm really excited. <laughs> But they just yes. announced that uh, Brandon Barash, who yep. we know, me, Mel, and Luke know is our uh, Johnny Zakara, is going to be Ernest Hemingway. Yes, we discussed cool. that last week. I, I was telling, I was praising him to Craig, but Craig is always a skeptic whenever I recommend anybody from daytime. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. um, oh, oh, some of the best actors and actresses are in daytime, so... That, now, okay. Oh, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> oh, I was just go gonna ahead. say that is not only the training ground; that is where that is like the gym. Okay. Wait, now, great. Wait, 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 wait. No, I, I gotta argue for Broadway for a moment. Broadway is really the training ground. Actors that come from Broadway really. Uh, actors who come from Broadway tend to be people who overact to the Ooh. point of oh daytime people today. don't overact daytime con- day- I watch daytime uh, no, no wait wait oh, wait my God. let me just finish what I'm saying okay. anytime we ever had a Broadway pe- person in the last decade one of these young people who started out like what Dan's point was is that daytime is the training ground for young people and the gym if you compare those people who sometimes are not very talented but sometimes we get gems who grow up and become people like josh Mel, various other people who go on to have big careers if you compare those to like the people that we had show up on daytime from broadway the broadway people always tend to be overacting and think that they were yelling I all the time think that, I, I agree i do not think broadway people ought to go to to daytime i agree with that that's not that's not a... mel Grimm yes is back. Oh, Grimm. i watched the season premiere but i have not caught up on friday's episode but so if you are tell what what are you thinking of the season so, so far? far i really like it i think they had a really great previous season and so far they're keeping that momentum up especially with all the drama with captain renard is you know he's with the black claw now now he's trying to kill nick and like you want you, you kind of want them to work together, but then you at the point where you're like, okay, Renard, I had about enough of you, and if I had six seasons of you, and you get on my damn nerves, so somebody's going to have to kill you. So I think all of that <laughs> comes into play really fantastically. And I like little the little girl that plays Diana is actually really, really good. And um, all of the things with her, because she's kind of... She's creepy yes, as hell. Yes, she is. is. But I feel like she's supposed to be, so she's doing a good job. You know what I mean? And I kind of like that Monroe mm-hmm. is afraid of her because, you know, she's so all-powerful. So I like the way all those stories are, you know, finally coming together. You know, it's all one big story. Whereas before, it was always like, you know, they had a case. They had to figure it out. Nick was doing his thing. They had yep. Adam Lynn. They had, you know, Renard. But this season, as it should be in a final season, everybody's all in the story together. So Grimm is just, I'm really liking it. I really As am. always, Mel is oh. my hero. Yeah, well. I do what I can. <laughs> Craig, are you caught up or have you watched the season premiere? I watched premiere? the season premiere. I haven't watched this last one yet. We were out of town. Uh, I am excited to see the second second show, but I did see the premiere. I am, I, you know, Grim didn't catch me up immediately, but I gave it a shot and fell in love with it. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to, to see where it goes this year. And I, grew, I agree like 100% with Mel. This, it just... It just caught me up. I'm engaged. I want to see what happens to each character. I want to see where the whole thing goes. So yeah, it's and the creepy, creepy little girl. Yeah, right on board with that. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that this thing is good. The season is going to be as good as it looks so far. Craig, the CW renewed Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and in addition to the superhero shows, it. Uh, renewed Supernatural. Now, over the Christmas break, I caught up on Supernatural, and I have to say, Dean killing Hitler (laughs) is quite possibly one of my all-time favorite Supernatural episodes, and then it followed... 
and then it fill, follow, was followed up by an episode where they go to a hunter's like funeral. And that was a really good one. And it was like, damn. The, the this the, they got renewed. This is going to be what season thirteen, season fifty-seven like of Supernatural. Yeah, but <laughs> okay. it just keeps That's going. The the WB lives on in Supernatural. Uh, what are you thinking of Supernatural oh, this I season? Don't, I don't know a person that in my own sphere of influence that that doesn't love it. I mean, I I just every single every single episode, every single year, they, they always come up with something new and different and exciting. And um, I got I just got my brother hooked on it. He's up to, I don't know, episode 16 now. Took me a while to get him going, but um, he's getting caught up with it. But, yeah, I'm, <laughs> of course, I'm loving this season. And the Hitler episode and um, the, I don't know, I just, it's. Castile and Crowley as a, a, a duo team up has been oh, fantastic. Oh, that has been terrific. To team those two guys up has been, has been just uh it's it's almost hard to to praise it anymore because it's just so good. And for any show to last seven seasons is amazing. To last for twelve or thirteen is it, it's every bit that good. And the characters are, characters have grown and changed and yet remain that that core. And there's been no I haven't seen anything you'd call jumping the shark or trying too hard. It just it just flows beautifully from season to season. What did you? What do you have? You thought of Mary Winchester coming back from the dead? Because I actually think that that's been one of the cornerstones of this season being as strong as it has. Because it's given us a, it's added a family dynamic to the show that has been missing in some respects. Because you sort of fall into that Dean and Sam yep. groove, and it's just their same dynamics over. But her return has upset yes. everything, and now they're both dealing with things, and they're both trying to see different sides of their mother and uh, relate to the that only thing and that would make try and form a yep. connection. I think it's done really well. The only well. thing that would make me happier than that, because I have absolutely loved that, is to get Jeffrey Dean Morgan off that damn Walking Dead show and back over to Supernatural. <laughs> I love that guy. I don't like him on Walking Dead. But yes, Luke, you're 100% right that uh, her being on the show has added a whole new, dyna new dynamic and the fact that she's still relatively young and, and um, got a life ahead of her, and, and the boys are, are struggling with the issues surrounding it. They know they love their mother. They want her to be around. But the fact that she, she just needs some time off to herself, I, I love that. I love that perspective. That, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely I'm up on with that. So, Okay. Dan, uh, you looking forward to Legion, a, n a new trailer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. it it's got a lot of these nice X-Men uh, aspects that I think would translate really well into television. The problem that I'm having, and, you know, Aubrey Plaza is always great in pretty much anything she does. Uh, the problem I'm having is the channel it's on. FX is super inconvenient when it comes to streaming and, like, just redistributing everything. They're super late when it comes to uploading things to, let's say, Netflix and stuff. For example, they're like a season behind on Netflix on Archer. And I really want to catch up, but I can't because of the way they go about things. I really want to check out Atlanta. Um, but I they they don't have the the streaming capabilities to do so you know they're super inconvenient they uh, it's really really difficult to watch an fx show because you're not always there like you need to be able to stream it anytime anywhere that's kind of the convenience of current television i mean i don't know it's just it's really inconvenient but I am looking forward to Legion. Um, I'll definitely check it out. I'll give it a chance. Um, but yeah, no, it, it looks interesting. Mel, mm -hmm. before the podcast, you were telling me how you went and marathoned or binged uh, Mr. Robot. Now, I tried, for me personally, I tried watching it. I just couldn't get into it. I had no desire to watch some person in a haze try and go through life. Um and I, it's sort, it sort of feels to me the same way. I, I think I'm going to end up feeling about it the same way I did Mad Men on all on AMC, where 
everybody it's critically acclaimed everybody loved it but i yeah, i just couldn't get into it now i understand you're loving so i accidentally watched the first season in two days i didn't mean to it just kind of happened that way um <laughs> no it was so good i mean you know you watch in the beginning it starts off it starts off a little slow you know you feel bad for him and then it just it picks up and it picks up so fast it gets out of control and Right around, I would say, episode seven, eight, there's something that happens and I am screaming at my television because I cannot believe what I just watched. I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I didn't see it coming. And usually with all the television I watch, I can pretty much figure out the plot. I really can. This one, nope. They got me. They got me good. So anytime you could do that, you got me. I am here for you. That show was great. Like, I, I think you should at least try to stick with it through the first season. So good. Mm, I you know, don't. It's a twist, Luke. There's a twist. You just gotta watch. Oh, I, I started watching it, and I kind of like it, Mel. I haven't got to the point where you you've gotten, but I'm enjoying it. I like it. I like it. I'm just saying. I'll keep watching your recommendation. Craig, yes. Craig Xander Cage or Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage comes out this oh. month. Are you looking forward to Vin Diesel as Super Spy? Yes. And absolutely. Okay, I'll get to you too, okay, Dad. Absolutely, unconditionally, not. What? Oh, what? come on! Did you see what? him? The trailer oh, has him go surfing. It looks uh, so surfing stupid. waves with a motorcycle. It looks so stupid and so fake. I just can't even. I can't even stand to watch the trailer. I'll see it, but oh my God. If it looks that, I mean, it makes Fast and Furious look like completely physically accurate or physiologically accurate. I mean, honest to God, I can't even. Oh my gosh! I mean, I would, I want to Dan. see Riddick come back so much more. Pitch Black was such a great. I want him to go back to the heart of Pitch Black, which was such a great movie, instead of doing all these. Yeah. Oh, he's doing this for he. He's he's going to make a mother load of, of money on this, Dan. Uh, Put Craig in his place. Why is it good that Xander Cage is First back? of all, Triple X was a, a lot of cheese as is, as are the Fast and Furious movies. But yeah, brilliant. exactly. That's why people love them. They love those action flicks. They love all of the stunts. They love all of the martial arts. That's what they love about them. You know, the casting is so diverse you got donnie yen samuel L. jackson nina dobrev They're, the casting is fantastic for this movie and the stuff they got them doing is so great and they're gonna just keep building on this movie he's riding a wave on a motorcycle yes. that's oh all it takes God. for me to go watch this <laughs> a movie. plane is falling out of the sky that he's in and he jumps out of the plane as it's falling. How awesome is that? Mel, you're the film school Please, graduate. Mel, defend me a little bit. Just a little I'm sorry. Y'all were talking about triple X and I fell asleep because that's how I feel about that movie. Oh, God. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I saw they were making another, night, I was like, Oh, they're making another triple X. I thought the other ones did so terribly. They weren't going to bake any more. Okay. All right. Whatever. It's fine. It's cool. I, I mean, I guess. Vin Have Diesel you seen the trailer of him surfing a wave on a motorcycle? Yeah. Mel, okay. please. I mean, all right. Any final thoughts as we're wrapping up this episode, Dan? Um, My final thought is. Triple X is going to be fantastic, but I'm also really looking forward to uh, Lego Batman. I cannot wait for that. I have been looking forward to that one immensely. That one should be great. So, yeah, Will Arnett. C Craig, my final uh, thought is a question to you. How um, um, much are you looking forward to John Wick 2? Oh, I am absolutely stoked. Love the first movie. Whenever Keanu Reeves has a, has a role where he really never has to act, I'm all I'm all. Oh, you in. mean all 100%. of them in that case? All of them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, the shade. <laughs> I said I don't like Keanu Reeves, but you know he just he's real dry with his. I do. He is. All right. I'm going to save this bus. <laughs> I'm going to save. Chapter two I'm comes out on February 10th. I'm going to save you. Made me because you destroyed uh, my car. 
and my dog. I disagree. Have you watched A Walk in the Clouds? Wait, were you talking to me? No, yes. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. I was. A Walk in the Clouds is a movie with him. It also stars Deborah Messing, but I don't. But she was not the primary not lead. It is not. It is not a supernatural f- fantasy anything. It's a post World War II mm-hmm. movie where he comes back and helps out mm-hmm. in a vineyard. It's probably his best the, uh, film in terms of seeing ranges. He of doesn't emotion. have ranges of emotion. He's Keanu Reeves. That's why we like him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, going with you. I'm not it's expect- a, it's, if you if you ever want a nice romantic movie though with a Keanu Keanu like Reeves, watch a Walk and in I the like Clouds. Sweet November. I like these. I'm not saying I don't like Keanu Reeves. Just don't have a lot of personality. But that's okay because exactly. we like you like that Keanu. Do you think? Yeah. He's got really he's got like, one I less emotion. Like than, Christian Bale has one emotion: anger. Everything he plays, Christian Bale is anger. Um, Keanu Reeves has one less than that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't true. know. I, it's true. I liked him as the slimy, the slimy guy in Hardball. That was that was really that was good. good too. That was good yeah. too. Mel, final uh, thoughts? I don't really uh, watch Timeless. Timeless comes back tomorrow. I'm very excited to see how that goes because you know Lucy got kidnapped and now yeah. she's running off with Flynn. So I want to see like what Wyatt and what's his name Rufus to get her back. I gotta see it. Uh, Craig, what's I'm your final thought? Mel on on. Uh, all in with Timeless. I can't wait to see the, the return of, of that show. And Counter Reeves has two two decent movies uh, where he's actually doing anything, and that is Bill and Ted, the original, and and Walking the Clouds. So I'll give you that, Luke. That one thing in this entire podcast, I'll give you that one thing. Oh, you, thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Where can people find you on Twitter? You can Craig? find me at Z Movie Maniac, or you, you can also okay. check out, every once in a while, you'll see something on... Uh, MovieMadnessPodcast.com. Okay. Uh, Melody, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at my name at Melody Akles. Dan? Uh, Dan Pierce, 42. As always, you can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. Uh, be sure to follow Geek Confidential on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, write us a review on iTunes. Those help get us more exposure. Um, and until next week, and I, now I cannot wait to go watch Xander Cage and discuss that on a podcast. Yes. That is going to be awesome. Until next time, so long. Bye, all. Bye.